You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Please join me in prayer. God of Abraham, you reign enthroned above. You are the ancient of everlasting days. God of love, we come to you eager for a word from you. And we long to see the glory of Jesus Christ because it is through him that we can have the light of the knowledge of the brightness of his shining. Speak to us, we pray. Amen. May be seated. I don't know about you, but for the next 40 days, my sense of calm and peace would increase if I could reliably trust any and all information coming my way. Uh, For me, one of the most disturbing parts of the last 12 months is just that I don't know where to get reliable information. It began in March of last year. Uh, Is this virus serious or is it not? Uh, Is it like the flu or is it not? Uh, Do masks help or do they not? Uh, Are these COVID fatality numbers reliable or are they not? Then, of course, the heart-wrenching summer of 2020 forces us to come face-to-face with the question, is America still very racist or not? And is police brutality a thing or is it not? Then the fall, of course, uh, with the political season, forced us even more pressing questions. Are these election results reliable or not? And then last week's question, of course, was uh, Donald Trump, his behavior on January 6th, did they constitute an impeachable offense or did they not? And it, it makes you wonder, what is real? What is What is true? What is reliable? What can I trust? Are we all just being bamboozled in an elaborate, intentional misinformation campaign? All of us have had to become professional fact checkers. Last week, the National Transportation Board released the results of the investigation in last year's helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven others. The official cause of the crash was ruled a common one. Once a pilot loses visual cues because of the fog or the darkness in which they're flying, the, the inner ear can send an erroneous signal to the brain that causes spatial disorientation. It's It's sometimes known as the leans. Pilots believe they are flying straight, but they are in fact leaning one way or another and banking. And so they get disoriented because of the leans and they they crash because of the leans. And this year at the beginning of Lent, I wonder if we have something like the leans on a spiritual level. I wonder if we have a bad case of that kind of disorientation. Not so much a spatial disorientation, but a 
spiritual disorientation, an epistemological one, where we no longer know what to believe and what to rely on and what is true or real. We have, we have lost our bearings. We can't see clearly. This is why I, I love our text for today from the last page of John's Gospel, John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And in a few verses later, we also read this in verse 24. This is written by the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that this testimony is true. See, John is writing to people who have not seen Jesus in person. Uh, They were not eyewitnesses of the signs and miracles he performed. And so John takes his job seriously. He's a meticulous fact checker. John is like a disciplined prosecutor gathering evidence for a case, summoning eyewitnesses, gathering exhibits, and cataloging corroborating evidence. The entire gospel is written for this one purpose, that upon a careful review of the life and ministry and work and person of Jesus Christ, you may believe that he is the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And John insists that what he is giving you is real and true, and the facts have been checked, and you can reliably believe this. I don't know if I can think of anything more important for us to consider at the beginning of this journey of Lent, these 40 days. If we had to, if we had the time to do a a careful study of John's account of the good news, we, we see that he basically believes that there are two kinds of people. There are those who believe and know that Jesus is the Son of God and those who don't. There are those who see it and those who just don't get it. There are those who have seen the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And then there are those who are simply blind to it. The great British theologian John Owen said that the greatest privilege given to human beings on this side of heaven is seeing and savoring the glory of Jesus Christ by faith. And so the question that John asks of you and of me today is, do you, do you see it? Do you believe it? Do you know it? It's important for us to get clear on something because we can't just say that Jesus is simply enrolling people who are interested in spiritual ideas and philosophies or that he is after people who have a, a knack for spiritual enthusiasm or who just happen to be interested in spiritual things or or that Jesus is just important for people who are into that kind of thing. And 
for people who are helped by that sort of thing or, or, or people who, who are just in need of some assistance because they are in need of a pragmatic coping, coping mechanism because they are ill at ease in this world. We must at least acknowledge that Jesus intends to and does, in fact, give us knowledge about who he is. The gospel insists it is giving us knowledge about who Jesus is, that it is giving us something about reality. I mean, this believing that John speaks of in chapter 20 is a certain kind of knowing, a seeing, a a grasping of reality. Jesus intends to reveal something about the way things really are, reliable information about reality, grounded on an appropriate basis of evidence, open source, reliable information that you can count on. Now, whatever you, you think of it, Jesus, in fact, intends to give us the true story of the whole world, which means that the faith of which he speaks is not some blind leap against all odds and evidence. Faith is, is knowledge. It is a, it is a certain knowledge, a, a confident assurance that the gospel is right in asserting that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that through faith in him we can have eternal life. Now, at the beginning of Lent, this 40-day journey with Jesus, I, I wonder if our, our faith would grow if we would begin to see that Jesus is real and that he gives us real knowledge about the real world. I, I love how theologian John Webster used to put it. He said this, One thing we might do is to try day by day to grasp something which is the simplest and yet the hardest thing for any of us to grasp. That the gospel is true and that growth in the Christian life is simply growth in seeing that the gospel is true. Well, I think that is a great way of summarizing John 20, 21. That growth in this Christian life is simply grasping that what Jesus says is true and real because these things are written so that you may believe and know and understand and grasp that Jesus is the Son of God and that because of that, as a result of that, you have life in his name. Now, this, this past year... Uh, without any question, has been the, the hardest year of my life. On top of the uh, challenges of 2020, I, I lost a job I loved in a devastating and humiliating way. It was the, the death of a dream and an end of a ministry that I had given myself to with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And every single morning and every evening when I lay my head down to rest, I, I wonder 
about this one thing that has become more important to me than anything else, and it is simply to believe that Jesus Christ is real. I do not know of anything more important to my daily life. Every day, the hardest thing, and in some ways, the simplest thing, is to grasp that the gospel is true. But as philosopher Dallas Willard used to say, uh, we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it, or even when we think we believe it. We believe something when we act as if it's true. And so every morning and every evening and in all the difficult in-between times, the question for me and this morning, the question for all of us is, do I believe that Jesus is real and that what he says is true? Because you believe something when your whole body is ready to act as if it is true. And so as, as you believe, so you behave. So in the, in the same way that you, you trust your doctor because you believe that she has reliable information about how your esophagus works and you are confident in your mechanic in his authoritative knowledge about catalytic converters and you have confidence in your plumber to have authoritative knowledge about drain pipes you can now live your daily life in the confident assurance that Jesus is real and true because he gives you reliable information about the way the world really is. Jesus is a realist. So when I am troubled, I can trust Jesus when he says, I have said these things to you that in me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. And I can trust that as reliable information about my day today. And, and he says to you this morning, do not let your heart be troubled. I know you are despairing. I know that things can get hard. I know that you have lost a job or are worried about your children or your finances but I want you to know that I have come to give life and to give it abundantly. Even though you may have lost your sense of joy and your sense of purpose and you don't believe that your life is going according to plan, I have come that you might have life and that my joy will be made complete in you. And you can trust this morning that Jesus is being realistic when he says that. And if you are struggling this morning with forgiving people that have wronged you, and Jesus says to you, forgive one another 70 times seven, and he knows what he's talking about. And if you're struggling with discerning God's plan for your life, with what to do and where to go and when to do it, Jesus comes to you this morning and he says to you, I will go to the Father and I will ask him to send you an advocate who will come alongside you to help you and he will be with you wherever you will go. And so now this morning you can go act as if that's true. And if you or a loved one are struggling with 
cancer or COVID or in some other way have come face to face with your own mortality, he says to you right now, for it is the will of my Father that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Jesus means what he says, and he's being a realist about the way the world really is in his kingdom. And if this afternoon you are struggling with sin or shame of an unrepentant lifestyle, Jesus comes to you even right now in the hearing of these words and says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears and believes, him who sent me has eternal life. And he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world away, the sin of the world. And so as Willard says, faith is simply an understanding of the way things are, wedded to a commitment to live one's light in light of that understanding. Faith is a readiness to act as if it were so, because we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it or even when we think we believe it, but when we act as if it is true and stake our lives on it. And so my prayer for all of us this Lent is that we would do the simplest and the hardest and most important thing in the world And it is to grasp and to know and to believe and trust that the gospel is true. Now, I could say many more things about all that Jesus has done. If all the things that he had done would be written in book, all the books in the world could not contain it. But these things have been written and spoken so that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing you will have life in his name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.